Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Friday, January the 13th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First today, a man who murdered two women, including a mum from Kent, has been sentenced to life in prison. Alexandra Morgan's remains were found at a building site in Sevenoaks after going missing from Sissinghurst in November 2021. A jury convicted Mark Brown last month of also killing Leah Ware, whose body has never been found. The 41-year-old from St Leonard's-on-Sea in East Sussex has been told he'll serve a minimum of 49 years behind bars. Well, our colleagues from KMTV were at today's sentencing at Lewis Crown Court. You can watch their report on Kent Tonight live on KMTV at 5.30 or you can watch again via the Kent Online website. Elsewhere today, an abusive boyfriend from Canterbury who forced his partner to kiss her children goodbye and scrawled on a wall Mummy is dead tonight has been sent to prison. A court heard Jake Jones also repeatedly strangled his victim after thinking she was texting another man. Our reporter Sean Axtell covered this case for the Kent Online podcast. Now, Sean, thanks ever so much for joining me. Can you firstly tell us more about what Jones did to his victim? Hi, Nick. Yes, of course. The 31-year-old was at the victim's house in Hearn Bay. Now, they had split up, but they'd been together for a long time, some years, and he'd go around to see the children. But on this particular day in April last year, Jones downed about eight cans of beer and became hugely abusive. I won't repeat what I heard in court on the radio, but I I can say his temper soon turned into violence, and that violence turns extremely sinister. He destroyed some of her belongings, and he convinced her he would kill her that evening. He used some bizarre techniques as well. I've I've not heard this before in my years as a Crown Court reporter. He weaponised the children against her. He ordered her to say goodbye to them, to kiss them goodbye. And he also scrawled on the bathroom wall with the children's crayons, Mummy is dead tonight, rest in peace. It, it really does sound like the kind of, kind of thing you'd hear in a, in a horror movie. He also told her when the children weren't around, I must add just for clarity, he told her, I'm going to put you in a grave. And needless to say, she was terrified. The trial actually happened back in September, but he's only just been sentenced. What did he get and what did the judge say? Jones of Avon Close in Canterbury was found guilty of three charges in his absence following a trial at the magistrate's court. They are making threats to kill, which was the main, most serious charge, occasioning actual bodily harm and criminal damage. Judge Simon James described the attack as prolonged. He said that he left his victim genuinely believing you intended to kill her in her own home. He, he, he went on, when the neck is targeted, it is the potential of fatal harm that makes the nature of the attacks so serious. The judge on Tuesday jailed Jones for 30 months custody. And Jones's victim took the brave decision to speak afterwards. What did she say to you, Sean? She attended court and watched her abuser jailed. In the courtroom, she described in a victim impact statement how I was forced to kiss my children goodbye because he was going to kill me. She described feeling a shell of a person I did not recognise. And she added, I lost who I was. I was an abused version of me. And Nick, as you say, bravely after the hearing, she told me this. No sentence will ever be enough to erase the psychological drama he put me and my babies through. But at least now we have closure and can continue to work towards moving on. She added, 
Whether he did 15 months inside or five, that's time me and the children can do things we haven't been able to do in fear of coming into contact with him. Sean, thank you ever so much. And if you're in need of help, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Helpline. The number for that is 0808 2000 247. That's 0808 2000 247. Kent Online News. Three months after a man was found dead in Woodland in Ashford, his identity and cause of death still remains a mystery. The remains were discovered near Sainsbury's along Simone Wheel Avenue in October. An inquest heard because of the state of the body, identification still hasn't taken place, but his death's not being treated as suspicious. A man's been treated in hospital for serious facial injuries after being attacked outside a fish and chip shop in Canterbury. He was reportedly targeted by two teenagers as he left Oz's Fish Bar in the King's Mile area of the city. So far, no arrests have been made. A watchdog's found vulnerable people who cross the channel to Kent in small boats might not be getting the care they need because of misheld beliefs amongst some Home Office staff. The report by the Independent Chief Inspector of Borders and Immigration has found some refugees in detention centres aren't getting proper access to doctors. They've criticised a belief by some staff that asylum seekers are trying to abuse the system. A leading Kent GP says he's seeing colleagues who are struggling to cope as extreme pressure on the NHS continues. Yesterday, we told you how the number of people waiting more than 12 hours in emergency departments in the county has reached record levels. Now there are concerns about the stress it's causing amongst health staff. I've been speaking today to Dr Julian Spinks, who's a GP in Medway. One of the things you're, you're taught is that you should look after yourself before you look after other people. Um, because if you become ill, then you can't actually look after them. Um, and it's not surprising, really. The, the fact is that we've gone through COVID, which was an enormous strain on a lot of people, and that has carried on afterwards. And of course, now we're into a, a major crisis this winter. Um, when I talk to colleagues, they refer to it like a war. People say A&E's like a war zone and so on. But even in wars, people don't spend their entire time on the front line. They get rotated out because they know you can't keep working at that sort of pace permanently. How concerning is it that, as you say, people could end up off sick themselves and then that puts even more strain on hospitals and, and GP practices? Well, it's very worrying, uh, particularly in somewhere like general practice where you may have very small numbers of staff. Uh, if you're in a practice which only has a couple of GPs and a nurse, uh, losing one of those, you've lost a third of your clinical workforce. So that's major. Even in A&E, uh, there's not large amounts of staff around there. They're more on a rotor, but they are working so intensively when they're doing that, that it's driving them to become ill. And uh, it could be because they, they take time off because they can't cope anymore mentally, but also people are getting physically exhausted and then succumb to illness themselves. Do you know if we are seeing an increase in absence among health staff? Uh, we, we are seeing higher numbers of uh, people being absent from work for all sorts of reasons. Um, and I think that, you know, in some respects, I, I feel those are the ones who've actually accepted there is a problem. I worry about those people who soldier on uh, despite actually slowly falling apart because they're the ones who end up with long-term sickness or in the end uh, leave the professional, leave the health service and that is something we want to stop people doing. And is there a concern, Julian, about the sort of health care that they're able to pro provide if themselves they're literally worn out? Is that a worry? Healthcare staff are making life and death decisions every single day. 
even as a GP, I never know what's going to walk through the door. It could be something minor. It could be someone whose life is at risk. So you've got to actually be at the top of your game. Being mentally exhausted is not being at the top of your game. You can't actually keep there. Plus, um, I also feel that there's a lot about compassion. And when you're exhausted, your ability to relate to people, remain compassionate, tends to go down, you get more short-tempered, and patients don't deserve that, and the staff shouldn't be blamed when they're like that. You say some situations, particularly A&E, is like a war zone at the moment. We saw the waiting times out for Kent yesterday. It's not a great picture, and we're hearing today it's a lot worse than the situation during COVID. Is that how you're feeling about the situation at the moment? I, I definitely feel that. Um, you know, A combination of lockdown, although it's controversial, and people's behaviour actually dropped demand to some uh, extent at the beginning of COVID. And we never got to a point where the NHS was completely overloaded. Uh, we didn't use the Nightingale hospitals because it wasn't needed at that time. We are now in a situation where I don't know any part of the NHS which isn't working probably beyond its normal capacity and is struggling to keep up, whether it's hospitals, uh, community nurses are also in a major problem and uh, general practice. I have never known the demand to be so high and to be so busy and I see colleagues really struggling and getting more and more distressed because they're used to trying to knuckle down and cope, but it's getting beyond their capability to do so. Kent Online reports. Figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show police in Kent are dealing with more reports of parcel thefts than ever before. More than 900 thefts happened between January and November last year. That's up from less than 600 for the whole of 2021. In the vast majority of cases last year, the investigation was closed because no suspects have been identified. Now, if you drive around Medway, chances are you've had to dodge one or two potholes recently. Well, a growing number of people have been complaining about the condition of the roads in the towns following the freezing weather that we had last month and all the recent heavy rain. Mechanic Aga Khan runs AK Motors in Gillingham and he's been telling Gabriel Morris from our colleagues at KMTV that he's been repairing more vehicles that have been damaged by them. Especially uh, with the rain and the winter, we had the snow you get a lot more because people don't see the pothole and they drive into it and that obviously causes more damage. What sort of damages do you see with potholes? What sort of, what sort of what are people coming in with most yeah. of the time? Most common problem is maybe a coil spring which is part of the suspension because uh, it bounces and some of them are old. They tend to break a lot quicker. Uh, ball joints which is part of the suspension like the wishbones and stuff like that. And the ball joints kind of go on them. That's quite a common problem, especially with lower riding cars like BMWs and Mercedes and stuff like that. You find that sort of damage is more. So it's not just tyres then? It's not just tyres. I mean tyres, it's mostly alloy wheels that get damaged. It's not the tyre that gets damaged. It's where the alloy wheel hits the pothole and it cracks the alloy wheel. That's the you know, what causes the damage really. And these drivers in Rochester say they're seeing more and more lately. They're quite bad. I think they have gotten worse since the uh, snow that we've had recently. They're actually marked quite clearly up in uh, Maidstone Road. And obviously being a driver myself, they are certainly a problem. Are you scared you're going to hit one? Uh, yes, I actually had to swerve driving into Rochester. I'm a Rochester resident. Um, I actually had to swerve onto the other lane to avoid a pothole. And I mean, I guess, I mean, that's dangerous because you're going to swerve into another car on the incoming way. Very dangerous, yes. 
Um, and have you ever hit a pothole before and had to change a tyre or had to repair that on the car before? I've been lucky enough not to, but my husband has, yes. And was that expensive to get repaired? It was £70, sorry, please. You're a road user here, I guess, in Medway. Yes, yeah, correct. Um, what do you think of the roads here? Are they covered in potholes? They seem to be everywhere, and I've, I have noticed actually since we had the snow recently, there's been a few more, obviously, where ice gets in it cracks and yeah if you have to sort of swerve around they've got worse obviously after the snow that we've had um, and generally yeah I've hit a couple um, luckily I've got away with it I've not had any damage but you know it's quite obvious that there's a few out there that are not being treated at the moment and it's not just drivers who are worried about the state of the roads i've been cycling all my life and i dread potholes especially on a dark night when it's not clear and that front wheel goes into a pothole i have actually been over the handlebars and you know landed hands on head on the ground first and uh, I was much younger when I did that and I rolled and survived it okay, but I dread to think what would happen today if that happened to me. But also it's just uh, dangerous and frightening really. I'm also a car driver as well, but it's the uh, bicycling, cycling, which really puts me in dread of potholes. Well, the council say they're consistently carrying out repairs where needed and have a planned maintenance programme in place. Meantime, at Kent Online today, you can see pictures of a huge pothole that's appeared on a road near Dartford. Villagers in Horton Kirby say the 53-inch long crater on Skinny Lane is damaging their cars. It has been reported to the council. Kent Online reports. A Royal Navy frigate has been tracking the movements of a Russian warship reportedly carrying hypersonic missiles through the English Channel. It's thought to have passed the Strait of Dover on its way to the Atlantic Ocean on Wednesday. HMS Portland was on hand to make sure it complied with maritime law and deter any hostile activity. Flood alerts have been issued for parts of Kent after all of the heavy rain we've had this week. River levels are particularly high around Maidstone, Snodland and Tunbridge Wells. More serious warnings are in force in parts of the Midlands and southwest England at the moment. Mark Lidderth from the Environment Agency says the situation could get worse. There is further heavy rainfall due to land over the next few days into the weekend and into next week. So this is meaning that we're seeing kind of minor localised surface water and river flooding happening and this is probably likely to continue. We're being urged to avoid low-lying footpaths and areas that are prone to flooding. A fundraising page has been set up following a devastating fire at Tunbridge Wells Football Club. The clubhouse was badly damaged in the blaze in Culverden Down last night. The building had only recently been refurbished and now are supporters hoping to raise £10,000 to pay for any repairs. You can see pictures by heading to Kent Online today. An investigation is underway to work out how the fire started. Litter wardens in Canterbury have been defended for targeting McDonald's and Asda car parks. Some people have criticised their decision to monitor privately owned sites, saying they should stick to council-owned hotspots. But the leader of the authority says they have the landowner's consent to be there and he adds that litter dropped there can often end up on public roads and paths anyway. There's a warning to drivers. The bridge at the Dartford Crossing is going to be closed overnight this weekend. It'll 
be shut from 8 on Saturday night until 10 the following morning, with traffic being diverted by one of the tunnels instead. It's also repairs can be carried out. Now, a foundation has been set up by a Kent woman who says she wants to help people with their self-confidence if they're going through something like cancer treatment. Chemotherapy leaves patients without their hair and eyebrows. Many are turning to permanent makeup beforehand, but not everyone can afford it. I've been chatting to Sophie Dodds, who's from SD Cosmetics in Herne Bay. Ever since I started in permanent makeup, quite quickly I realised just the substantial difference it makes to so many lives. Um, I was having a lot of ladies come to me who had just been diagnosed with cancer and they were going, they wanted to have their brows or liner done before chemo. Then I met ladies who had gone through substantial grief and just the difference it made for them to see, not see grief in the mirror for a second, um, mental health, things like that. With scalp, for women, especially with female pattern baldness, um, I had a lovely discussion with one of my scalp clients today um, who I did free of charge and she had three sessions and she said, I don't feel like people are looking at my hair anymore. I feel I can go out and I don't think people are staring at my head because um, you could see, you used to be able to see scalp when we'd done the camouflage. And I know that it's not accessible to everybody. And so I just wanted to give my time and my treatments for those that it just wasn't an option. So that's where joy is. Very long-winded answer, but that's where joy came from. <laughs> no, it's a perfect answer because I think body confidence is such an important thing, isn't it? Because otherwise you can just end up, I guess, shutting yourself away a little bit, particularly if you're already going through a bit of a tough time anyway, as you yeah. say, maybe needing that treatment or going through the treatment. To still feel mm. confident about yourself must must be huge, really. Yeah. And just to see something different. So um, from first hand for me as well, um, especially with grief, you just you see some somebody sad continuously in the mirror. You do. And and then it sometimes it can take a hair change or um yeah, or some brows or something, and it just snaps you for a second of like oh I remember her I've actually heard about people before who've had reconstructive surgery perhaps after having breast cancer they've had to have yeah. a mastectomy and they've mm-hmm. wanted the reconstruction to look as natural as possible and I've seen some pictures it's absolutely incredible what you can do I mean can you tell us a bit more about the training that goes into being able to do things like that and kind of the sort of time it would take for for maybe one of your clients yeah so with Ariola, um you need to be a qualified permanent makeup artist as it is, and then you would specialise train, which I did not last year, the year before. Um, and for clients, it would need to be six months post um, mastectomy. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's 3D effect because some people don't quite understand. They're like, it doesn't look, but it is. It's a completely flat surface. Sometimes it's not where they've managed to save some of the nipple. So then what we would do is create the areola around the outside just so it balances, let's say, with the other breast if they've just had one off, um, which is what I did on a lovely lady. So she had one breast, but one was taken away. And so we just matched up um, for her. And she had a tiny bit of um, nipple tissue left, but we created a full nipple from that. Um, And the downtime isn't too much at all with it. Once you've had the procedure done, you will probably maybe come back and just have a little retouch, perhaps six weeks, six to eight weeks later, um, just to see how you've healed. But yeah, no, it's a really, really lovely treatment. And again, that 
it's that I remember her just giving that body confidence again. I was going to say, what sort of difference has it made? Because you're not going to be showing that off necessarily. No, you're, no. You're, you know, yes, you're going to see people's faces and things like that. You're, you're not going to see see their chest. You're not going to see them naked. But what sort of difference has it made to patients who, or to clients, sorry, who've, who've had that treatment done? I think, you know, it comes from the saying that beauty starts within, um, which I think is what that gives them. Even though it's not on show, it's that when they got ready that morning, it just didn't look like a mastectomy and it's not me. All of a sudden, they kind of looked a little bit like they were used to, again, in the mirror. Because that's where, it's when we're getting ready in the morning that can really affect our day. Um, If we don't like what we see or we just feel insecure whether or not it's because so much of our scalp is showing and we're balding or alopecia um, or... I do a lot of ladies that have alopecia through the brows. And of course, they just feel it makes such a huge difference when you don't have just a little bit of definition. Um, and that begins at home. And then can I notice can affect your whole day, how you feel about yourself before you step out the door. So it's just, yeah, the jo- the the joy of you was the perfect name I felt because it is just about sparking that joy because it isn't a vanity thing. And some people can be like, oh, well, you just do brows. It's like, no, it's so much more. As you heard, the Joy of You Foundation will offer a free clinic once a month and it's something she hopes will eventually be run across the country. Kent Online News. Kent's Mimi Webb has thanked her fans after being nominated for a Brit Award. The 22-year-old from Canterbury is up for Best New Artist along with Eurovision contestant Sam Ryder. Harry Styles is leading the nominations this year with four and the ceremony will take place at the O2 in London next month. And now for the first time this year, let's get an update of everything going on in Kent from What's On's Sam Laurie. I hope you had a lovely new year and I've got to say I'm already looking forward to 2023 as there's so much coming up over the next 12 months. From amazing theatre to huge concerts, this year is already shaping up to be another great one and we've got our first batch of things to see and do coming up this weekend. First up is a stacked night of stand-up comedy with the first Live at the Marlowe of the year. This Canterbury Theatre is welcoming the return of its regular comedy club on Saturday with a headline set from ventriloquist star Nina Conti, along with performances from Tom Ward, Chloe Petz and Darren Harriet. For those who aren't quite ready to say goodbye to Christmas just yet, you can lose yourself in the festive spirit at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley tonight and tomorrow. The International Classic Ballet Theatre is putting on its beautiful production of The Nutcracker, a ballet with such a classic score and stunning choreography that it'll get you feeling festive any time of the year, even January. If you made New Year's resolutions to be healthy or get fit or maybe try new things, but you're already finding yourself falling off the wagon just a little bit, we've got five ways to get yourself back on track. From an outdoor yoga session to wakeboarding, find our online guide to getting out and active this weekend and for the rest of the month. And speaking of health and fitness, we've also got a list of the best charity runs and races taking place in the county this year. Who knows, maybe signing up to a sponsored charity run could be just the motivation you need. So what are you waiting for? You can find the list and all of the ways to sign up on Kent Online. And that's it for our first roundup of 2023. 
There will be lots more going on as we get into the swing of things over the coming weeks. So make sure you listen to the podcast again to find out what's happening near you this year. Kent Online Sport. Football and it's a massive relegation scrap at Bruceville this weekend as Gillingham welcome fellow strugglers Hartlepool. The Jills have been adding to their squad as they fight to avoid dropping out of the Football League. At the time of recording today's podcast, four players had joined, including Tom Nichols from Crawley Town. And he can't wait to make his debut. He's been speaking to Phil from the club's media team. It's a huge game for the club. Uh, we need to we need to get a result and it's it's been a long time coming for me playing personally so yeah I'm, I haven't been this excited to play in a long time and it's always nice to start at home in a, in a big game um, down at the bottom of the table. Hopefully the weather is nicer on, on Saturday than it, than it is today but um, just just talk us through the move itself, how did it come about and, and why why Jim, why you? Well I got told early December that they had accepted an offer from a club um, at the time it wasn't Gillingham um, and I wasn't allowed to play for Crawley anymore so um, I think it was a few weeks after that probably Jill's come in contact um, met the manager really liked what he had to say it's obviously a really big club great fan base um, not doing great in the league there's let's make no secret about that but that's what I'm here for to, to try and improve that and like I said it's a, it's a huge huge club for the level um, the, the fan base is, is really good um, when you consider the attendances and it's it's not been great the last sort of year or two um, so yeah I'm, I'm really excited for the weekend Are you confident there'll be an upturn in, in results the boys seem very very upbeat the performance against Leicester was, was excellent is the dressing room confident that we can get out of the mess that we're in Absolutely yeah um, for sure I, w- I wouldn't have come here else um, but no th- I mean I was at the Leicester game the atmosphere was brilliant I know there's probably not going to be that many fans every week but the atmosphere was brilliant the the lads they're, they're good players um, they just need a little bit a little bit of help in the final third and, and the results will start changing and I, I think with the new ownership if we get a couple of good early results I think it will snowball and, and we'll start really start picking up some results and some big games coming up. Obviously, we mentioned Hartlepool. We've got Colchester coming up. We've got uh, Crawley coming up as well. It's a crucial period for the club at the moment yeah. on the field. Yes, it's it's a massive period. Um, but that's that's what we play for. Big games. Um, obviously, you'd rather be fighting at the other end of the table. But no, they're they're huge games and and ones we're all looking forward to. And hopefully, we can build off the back of that performance against Leicester because it, it was a great performance from the lads. Um, we pushed them all the way. Um, so we need to take that into, into a league game now. And for those fans who haven't looked you up on YouTube and studied all your goals from the moment the move started to the move they finished, um, what, what can supporters expect from, from Tom Nichols? Uh, an all action forward really, um, I'm, I sort of tend to like to be involved in the game, I like to be everywhere, I'm not sort of the player that just stands up, up front waits for a chance, I like to create and score goals, um, I'd say I'm, I'm a creative forward that links the play, um, sometimes drops a a little bit deeper um, but then I can sort of mix it up so yeah I'd say an all action forward that likes to create and score goals Kickoff tomorrow is at three you'll be able to follow all of the match action at Kent Online we'll have details of the result of course on the website you can also hear reaction in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM on Sunday morning and we'll have plenty more for you in the podcast on Monday and staying with football Alessia Russo has been nominated for a prestigious FIFA prize the 23 year old from Maidstone was part of 
of the Lionesses squad that won the Euros last summer. She's up for the Puskas Award for her cheeky backheel goal during England's game against Sweden. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Watch it on the website today. You can read about the Kent links to Lisa Marie Presley following the sad news that she's died at the age of 54. And you can also read the very latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.